What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. We are live and direct. So if you're hearing this on Thursday night, good for you. But if you're checking this out on Friday morning, even better, because thank God it is Friday and we're about to make you some money with Drizzy Drake. NC State, Florida State, who's going to have the better bounce back game? North Carolina and Miami. Who is going to try and fight for the Coastal for real? Because we all know Duke's going to remain on top. Or they're not. You know, crazier things have happened, and that's why we love this week six game of ACC football. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. We have got Jersey Drake from Locked on Seminoles in the building, and we are locked, loaded, and ready to go. We give you a great show when it comes to best bets for week six of ACC football. It's been a great start to the season. We're almost to that halfway point where teams not only are identified, they know who they are, but they're trying to redeem themselves. They're trying to bounce back from the negative connotations or maybe the positive ones. They're trying to keep that rolling, but it's a great opportunity to maybe cover, maybe get some a little money in your pockets, and that is why Jersey Drake is here. We appreciate you, Jersey. What's going on? Well, I appreciate you because, you know, folks, Candace allows me to come on and actually probably give you the best bets available because even though I am a Florida State fan, I hope you all did take Wake Forest plus six because basically the main thing here is to make you all some damn money and make sure your money is right. So let's roll. A hundred percent. All right. Week six is going to start out with a banger. Who is going to be the best of the best when it comes to being the best of the last? And that's Louisville and Virginia. Louisville opened up at minus three. They are desperate. You hear me? Both teams need a win in the world. The Cardinals know if they lose this one, Satterfield might not be there when it's all said and done. This, this, if there was ever a game you had to win, this is the one. Have you heard of Malik Cunningham? Any updates there if, he, if he's playing? No, I've been asking, and I think this line is baked in right now as if he's not. To me, because if Malik Cunningham is playing, this is a minus 10 line minus ten line for Louisville overall. He's not that big of a swing because Virginia's offense has looked putrid overall. And yeah. I think someone, I think it was AJ Earl this week saying that, oh, Tony Elliott leaves Clemson. DJU looks much better. And they see Brandon Armstrong goes down from what he used to be to what he is now. But to me, this is a game that if quiet quitting was a word, this is something to keep an eye out for overall. Because to me, love a QQ. Ooh, yeah. And to me, with Virginia, Louisville hasn't covered a game all year in ACC play at all. They've never won even straight up either. So to me, Let's not go against trends here. Let's go with Virginia. Let's go with the double dip. The only time I ever double dip is basically with my bets. Take the plus three and take the plus 120. That's a pick from Canlam's DeBro over at the Wake Forest after 247. But overall, to me, I think Virginia shows that they are probably the more committed team because right now, Scott Saffield, I think he's on borrowed time right now. He might be the second head coach in the ACC that actually gets fired probably by the end of the month. And I cannot believe two ACC coaches would potentially be fired before we even get to weeks or we get through week six because, you know, listen, I thought the coaches that would be fired were for sure going to be Dino Babers and potentially Satterfield, but we also called them the dark horse. They could turn things around. Mm -hmm. Isn't quite happening. We knew Jeff Collins was on the clock, but at least let him finish out the contract. But Je but Scott, my guy, I'm going to need you to give it, give it all you got. Give it all you got. Maybe people will feel sorry for you because no. – you know, at the end of the day, Malik's not playing, but 
you got to find some chutzpah. Channel your inner Mike Norvell. This guy knew he was getting a little shaky. He yep. said, I'm going to give my guys everything I got. And they gave me everything they got. So whatever kind of speech you have to give to get these guys going, now's the time, my friend. Absolutely the time. So Does I he like, look like the kind of guy, though? The little guy to get kind of the guy to give you actually that rousing speech because uh, I mean, I'm not a big Scott Saffield guy, I'm more of a hater, so maybe this is just me coming out saying that, but I just don't think he kind of inspires confidence for anybody at all. Period. So, yeah, I think that like he just he's probably really nice, you know, he has a great family, all the things, but like we said at the beginning of the season, nice is not a great position for a person of power, it's not a great role for Jim Phillips, it's not a great role for a head coach in this very dog eat dog game. So you know, maybe he'll be nice in his next position and he'll figure out how to be a great defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. What do you think he's going to do next? I think he's going to go to the Nick Saban Reformatory School for former head coaches that want to coach good and do other stuff good too. <laughs> That's where he should probably go because Bill O'Brien's going to leave and go get a head coaching job somewhere. And to me, Thanks. Scott, go reha- rehabilitate your image. Go rehabilitate what you need to learn because right now you have done your recruiting. Like I think that was said earlier this week, the recruits are going to stay at Louisville because the money ain't changing. It's just the head coach. So to yeah. me, overall, you need to go to probably go be an analyst somewhere and learn. Because even at App State, App State's head coach is doing fine. Why would he go back there? That's fair. All right, next game, game we want to talk about here. Another team's teams that are suffering a little bit, trying to bounce back. Pitt and Virginia Tech. Being the game is at Pitt, I feel like you know all the energy is going to be on their side. But it's still two touchdown advantage. Doesn't feel like from what I've seen of this Pitt team is very fair because Virginia Tech could figure it out. They also, too, are looking for another win. Their first uh, conference win. Well, second conference win, I should say. So before before I go into my pick, I want to ask, since you're the queen of the coastal, you know the division better than I do. What, like, just looking at this line, does this feel funny to you? Because I think they're 14 and a half is a lot of points. I think it's a lot of points. I think, you know, based on last weekend's 22-point margin when it came to Georgia Tech, I thought that was outrageous. But seeing this one, it's a little bit better just because of what we've seen at Virginia Tech and how they played poorly against North Carolina. But we also got to take into account that North Carolina's Drake May is not Nate Yarnell or potentially Keaton Slovis. So I think you guys got to temper expectations here. Virginia Tech is a good team, and maybe they'll figure it out here in Pittsburgh. And that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. I like Virginia Tech to cover the spread overall. I don't think they're going to win the game, but Pat Narduzzi, when he's a two-touchdown favorite, is against the spread, I think he has like a 30% cover expectancy. So to yeah. me, that's not very good. And the last time we saw this was last year against a bad Western Michigan team. So to me here, I think Virginia Tech, I know Grant Wells is not good. I completely understand that. But I definitely think that Pittsburgh actually has a bad, it has issues with the quarterback spot. So I don't think they'll score enough points to cover the 14 and a half. So here, folks, take Virginia Tech to cover the 14 and a half points. A thousand percent. And you know, at the end of the day, I just want, want the state of Virginia to get one team to pull out the win. Like, it's, it's getting dicey, you know, especially if, like, we talk about 757, we talk about the history of Virginia and what they bring in terms of talent. It's crazy how bad it's going. Yeah. And I don't know if that's an indictment of Brent and Tony, but it's, it's looking it's looking great. I mean, Brent ain't looking good right now either, so, like, look at Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. That 44 points from Yo, TCU. TCU just put it My on them. Lord. We we go about them all day. Duke, Georgia Tech, another coastal matchup that's going to be really good here. Duke, actually a favorite going into Atlanta, minus three and a half. I am excited for Duke to keep this train rolling because what what, what is their ranking right now? What is their uh, winning percentage? Is it five, four games? Okay, two more. 
fucking my $150 from Jersey Drake. Love it. Love it. Love it for me. Love it on this side. I thought it was 100 bucks to you, not $150. You're talking about. Okay, well, Kenton said 150 You said I'm a match with Kenton gives. Oh, if he, if, okay, if, he said, if he said 150 then it is 150 well, We can do 100 Listen, I, I can make $200. No, I don't no, care. no, no, no. It's all good. I, 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 listen, listen, listen. If I was matching what he said before, I'm going to stick to be a man of my word. But I can run the episode back, but no, I, I also I know, yeah, I know you will. I know you will. I don't care, I don't care either way because I, I know I'm winning the bet. So it's, <laughs> you can give me fifty dollars. I don't care. It's the fact that nobody believed me when it came to Duke, and here these bad boys are about to go to Atlanta and win number five. I think the only people that believed you is Michael Elko and those boys because that is the best team in the coastal okay. right now. That, they are the best team in the coastal by far, in my personal opinion. They are the most I complete know. team, and ironically, it's even because even though they're a first year team. They're just playing like they've been together for uh, just on each level defensively. It's great. Offensively, Riley Leonard just showcases basically, hey, the Coastal still has good QBs, even though Brandon Armstrong and TVD are struggling. So to me, with a three and a half, I think it's low because G George like, did beat Boston, uh, did beat um Pitt, but Pitt's not a good team. Like I'm just yeah. gonna say that right there and there. Yeah. So to me, this is basically it's one of those trap games where they put it a little lower for you. Duke, I would not be surprised if they beat. Georgia Tech by 10 and a half, probably by 10 to 14 points. So here, folks, take take Duke at minus three and a half and take the under 54 because I do think that Duke defense will be able to stifle Jeff Sims. And you know what's crazy? I think people always talk about, oh, these complex offenses and defenses, blah, blah, blah. Duke is probably the only team that keeps it so simple that it frustrates you. They don't do too much. They're not super flashy. They give you the fundamental X's and O's, and they execute it very well. And that probably pisses a lot of people off, right? But they don't they don't try and do too much. They don't try to oversell you. And they're like, oh, well, you're going to doubt us anyway. So whoop, there it is. And I, it's just nice to see. It's a fresh change to actually see a Duke program buy into a coach and sell and deliver. And, again, it's always a fresh change for me to be right. I love, I love being right. I know you. I, I know you love being right, but I do yeah. want to ask you: If Duke, let's say, let's fast forward to the end of the year, if Duke wins the coastal, right? Okay. What I think is actually a very valid possibility by the way they're playing. When they play Clemson, what do you think that line is? And what's going to cover? Honestly, it's probably like minus twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think they cover though. Because of what it is, it's a championship game. You know, you've been waiting to get here, especially for Duke when they know people have been doubting him this long. They're they're going to have the hell of a speech from Elko saying, "This is a time where nobody believed you, so you might as well go out and do it." And we don't know; it could be Syracuse in that that championship while you playing. Ooh, okay. You know what? Listen, we'll get to them later on. Actually, no, I think they have, they have a bye week this week, right? Uh, yeah, they do. Okay, okay. Sean Tucker, get your rest, my guy. 100% get you right. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. I like Jordan Travis, a higher than 260 and a half passing yards versus Wake Forest. I like Drake May higher. Well, no, they already played Wake Forest. It's stupid. Sorry, I already read that. High, versus NC State, let's say. I like Drake May higher than 265 and a half passing yards against Miami. I'll take Grant Wells under 220 and a half passing yards, even though we know that the fact that Louisville secondary is certainly struggling. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they finish higher or lower. Sign up with promo code LOCK ON. That's one word. And Underdog will double your first deposit of a hundred up to a hundred dollars. That's Underdog Fantasy using promo code LOCKED ON. Get in on college football's 
pick them action today. We're rocking and rolling here with Drizzy Drake of Locked On Seminoles podcast, and we're talking through some of the best games here when it comes to ACC Week 6 and the best bets that you can get your money on. Second half of the games here, North Carolina taking on Miami in Coral Gables at 4 p.m., and I know everyone is just ready to go. All of these coastal matchups are just spicy as ever. Same like the Atlantic. We're all just you know anticipating them, right? Like, yeah. Minus three and a half, though, Miami is a favorite right now. Crazy. Yeah. Um. Listen, this offense is struggling immensely right now. Uh, TVD looks like a shell of his former self overall. You see that basically we asked all offseason who he's throwing the ball to. Xavier Estrepo, I think I'm pretty sure he got hurt before Texas A&M game as well. I think Frank Ladson's still out there. Also as well, the running backs, Henry Parrish, I believe, and Jalen Knighton too, both might be out. So mm-hmm. to me... This will come down to basically if they're able to get TVD, basically flip it on again, right? And also if Drake May is able to go take down the hostile environment of the 5,000 fans that will be at Hard Rock Stadium. So to me, I'm taking North Carolina plus three and a half because one, I'm a hater. And two, also because Miami's offense has not proved to me yet whether or not they're actually they're able to score to keep up with people. And if you struggle to get score against Texas A&M, come on. And against yeah. Middle Tennessee State, you haven't earned nothing from any of us. You embarrassed us twice from the hose. We can't do it again. Twice. Like, no, honestly, if they get mollywopped by Carolina, that'll be a third time being embarrassed, and we're just done with the hurricanes for the rest of the season. Like, not even gonna hold you. We're gonna we're talk we're gonna talk about Carolina and Duke being the one-two punch when it comes to um who's gonna win the coastal. After that, I don't want to hear about nobody else. I don't want to hear about Pitt. If they even have the slightest hesitation going into their game, and if my Miami cannot find a win. Don't talk to me about it no more. Because I think ultimately, this is just Miami's opportunity to say, no, we're not back. You know, we can, we can table that. But we definitely are moving in the right direction. And we're trying to show confidence in our quarterback and Tyler Van Dyke. And we're also trying to show that we're not giving up and putting throwing in the towel with Coach Mario Cristobal. Like, come on. This, this is your game to put up or shut up. Because if you can stop Drake May, you can show me that there's still a viable chance for you to win this Coastal. Yeah, this is a game that Miami should win, but showing basically they should win. But you see how the offense even struggled against Southern Miss. That was bad. Against Texas A&M, a, a solid defense. That was bad. Against Middle Tennessee, where your starting QB was benched, and Jake Garcia looked good, but there's no film on Jake Garcia, and I'm pretty sure Middle Tennessee State did not do any prep for him. So hopefully yeah. he should look good. So against yeah. a UNC defense that, no, no offense, Kansas, your defense isn't very good, you need to score I don't points. I told you. I said we're not a we yet. I told you. I told you. Let me. Oh, tell, I'll tell you when we're back to we. We're still. Right. It's, it's right. them over there. Yeah. Max Brown's defense is not very good. Okay. So yes. to me, if you can't score points here, that mm-hmm. is a real, real problem. And one of the big questions was that Mark Cristobal is he able to cultivate a solid quarterback room? We saw Justin Herbert struggle when he was the head coach there, and then go to the NFL, and now isn't is in constant MVP discussions. So to me. If you don't score points here, you're going to really struggle to basically win the eight and a half, nine games for a win total, which I have an under at eight and a half. And I had y'all seven and five heading into the year. So, well, it's tough because there's so much hype around Tyler Van Dyke. There's so much praise around what he did last season. And he was able to walk the walk and talk the talk, all the things. So to see the sort of regression and I get you have a new coach and the, the style and the schemes are different, but a good player is going to be able to adapt and adjust anywhere. And he's a good player. So it can't just be him. It's not a no. one-sided. That man needs to transfer. 
I mean, if he wants to actually be use skills set at a, at a school that where quarterbacks have, can get developed under a good coach, he probably should have, have get out of Miami because I think Jake Garcia is probably more of the favorite of the two. Awesome. We love we love a spicy tag drizzy Drake. I got that's pretty good. We're gonna keep that one in the chamber. We might have to have another bonus episode of should Tyler Van Dyke transfer. Okay, we'll talk about that after the game this week. Moving on to Clemson and Boston College. Clemson and Boston College on ABC. Clemson going into Chestnut Hill during the bandana game. We all know what that sentimental value means for them. So mm-hmm. they're gonna of course step up and play big. Just it doesn't seem like it's gonna be quite big enough to beat the Clemson Tigers, who are just on an unbelievable roll. I would love for somebody to be upset, but I just don't think it's going to be the Eagles. Clemson looks really damn good right now. And I know that defensive line is missing Brian Brzee still with the kidney infection, but Boston College and Pritchard still has one and maybe even two potential walk-ons still starting on the offensive line. And up against that defensive line, which is just bullying everybody right now, I fear for Phil Dracovic's life. I really, really do. And if you actually watch the Louisville-Boston College game, he did play well, but I think as highlighted by AJ Black, he did throw several just really confusing and why are you throwing those kind of passes? So, and you can't do that against Clemson. You really, really can't. No, because they're not only going to make you pay for it, they're just going to keep piling on, especially when they get back on offense. And more than that, I feel like Phil is losing himself a little bit, kind of like you're talking about Tyler Van Dyke. We're so used to them in high praises from last season. It's very challenging to be like, what's going on mentally? What's the decision-making kind of factor going into all of the things? Because Phil is a good quarterback. We can say that with full confidence. But is he only a good quarterback when he has protection? Because, I mean, Sam Howell was a good quarterback, and then that boy was running for his life, you know, all last season. So is it really just about who's protecting you at the end of the day? Sure. But also, where's a little skill set? We want to see some of that. We want to see a little more Phil Day action going into this weekend. So basically, folks, take Clemson minus 20 and a half and take the under 48 and a half because I would not be surprised if this game is like 40 you to 7. You think Clemson's going to run up the score, though, potentially? Or no? Um, I think I just don't think the defense of Clemson is going to allow for Dracovic any time. I mean, Zay Flowers is really if put it this way. If Boston College struggled against a Florida State defensive line that was missing Jared verse and also was missing um, Fabian Lovett and only put up like I think 10 points, sorry, 14 points, then that's going to be primarily an issue. So and I think Clemson has a much better defensive line and much better front seven than we do. So a thousand percent. And I'm almost just wondering here if the first maybe 15, maybe first quarter is going to be a decent game and then it's going to get ugly. I'm kind of, I'm trying to decide when it's going to get ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and then I know it, and I know it's the red bandana game too, but it's like, it's I'm also, saying. Like I know that uh, and it's a night, which is, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's I'm still, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's, listen, I believe in black magic. I believe in the magic going around some voodoo and shit, like everything going yeah. up. Like, no, trust yeah. me. I'm all about that. Trust me. But yeah. it's, it's this Boston college offensive line to me, make it does and nobody any favors. And then beating up Louisville, a team that I thought quit last week, doesn't, you know, help out up here. So. Hello, somebody. All right, two more games to talk about here, Locked on ACC Podcast. We've got Jersey Drake in the building from Locked on Seminoles. We are going over the best bets here from week six when it comes to ACC football. Army will face off against Wake Forest at 730 on ESPN3, so go into your internet to find out where that game is. But Army last season put up 56 against Wake Forest defense, and if there was ever a time for Wake Forest defense to say, I want my lick back, this is – the game, and it's only minus 16 and a half right now, which, you know, arguably a team that just beat, went into Doe, was it, is it Coliseum or Stadium? Doe Campbell. 
Dope Campbell Stadium. Dope Campbell Stadium. Okay, thank you so much. They went into Dope Campbell Stadium and they were able to beat a really good Florida State team. You would think that defense can hold up true and like not allow for too many points here. And that's where I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And this is why. We were missing our starting left tackle. And then we mm-hmm. brought in another left tackle who, quite frankly, should not be starting at all whatsoever for a power five level right now. He's very he's been injured all offseason. He's very weak. He doesn't have the functional strength yet to basically contribute. So that's kind of why you saw Rondo Bothroyd and Kobe Turner, defensive ends for Wake Forest, basically have a field day and give Jordan Travis no time and all the hell that he can get. So to mm-hmm. me, I think this line is kind of snickly not telling you that. So to mm-hmm. me, this is a game where Army has a top 10 rushing offense. Wake Forest heading into the and heading into the game last week had a bottom 15 rushing defense. This is a game to me that Alex Donald talked about uh, yesterday on yesterday's show. This is a game where the over is heavily in play. I'm not looking at the points. Don't believe that. You know, something you hear in the internet. Go to the points. Give me over 65 and a half. Wake Forest, I think, will win this game by 14 points, maybe 10, because right now that rushing attack, it's no joke. And that rushing defense, ours didn't look that great because of the offensive line play. So overall, to me, you go with the point total here at over 65 and a half. I see. I think Wake Forest is going to blow them out of the water. I think they're, they're, this is the game that they remember, and they want to make sure they stomp on it and let everyone know that they're a different Wake Forest team. I said that last year, and then they made me look dumb. So dumb. Well, they, maybe they look, made you look dumb when they played Liberty, and everyone thought, oh, that'll be a gimme, and then they actually almost got beat. I don't. I think they only have one blah blah game, and that was that one. I this mean, game fair. is like we're taking care of business. That's that's what we're praying. That's what we're, I don't think. You know, I think it's gonna happen. But you, crazier things. I mean, Army is one in three, one in freaking three. Now, if you lose the Army, oh no, they won't lose this game. I'm not even okay. still. Yeah, no, no, no that's not happening. No, it's just gonna be very, very much closer than people think. Yeah, I just think the Russian defense is that bad. That's kind of also illustrates how bad the offensive line play for FSU was last week. This is stressful. This is stressful. All right, plus over 66. Okay, make sure I'm writing my things down. You know, I'm trying to make some money. Florida State, NC State to round out the show at 8 p.m. on ACC Network. Good Lord, minus three for NC State right now. But Florida State is a really good team. It's going to be hard to go into Carter-Finley and beat a very pissed-off NC State team. But it's possible here. It's very, very possible for these Seminoles. It is possible. If this team was fully healthy, I would take Florida State to beat NC State by 14 points because I think. Nah, see, don't start there. Don't start there. Don't talk about no. everybody got to be healthy. No, 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 no. But hear me out okay. here. But, but, the, but that's you. also that's also you. why the depth of teams is extremely important. The next man up actually has to be able to do their job. And so far, mm. we haven't seen that. I'm talking to you, Derek McClendon, Robert <laughs> Cooper, Joshua Farmer. Y'all are really great. You're solid, great pieces. But we did not see that against the Wake Forest team where Sam Hartman was able to order a pizza, call for takeout, hang out on the backfield, do his taxes all, all last week. Mm. And then also with the offensive line, the offensive line for Florida State, you lose a left tackle, you need to be a next man up mentality. And this is against a defensive line that has a Corey Durden, also has a linebacker in play from a Drake, uh, Drake, sorry, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson. Like those are solid, capable players. Mm-hmm. To me, minus three, it's. It's fishy to me. I think that Florida State is can win this game, but they need a little bit of help and a little bit of luck. So to At me, eight p.m. on a fr- on a Saturday night in Carter Finley. Hey, NC State has never been FSU three times in a row, and also FSU is four and one against Come NC on, State. Yeah, FSU numbers. is four and one against ranked NC State teams. 
but I'm taking the NC State minus three. And I'm taking that primarily because I do not think Robert Scott will be playing. And if you're missing a left tackle from the play that I saw last Saturday, it really bugs me. And also we're missing probably my personal opinion, the heart and soul of this defense. And it's your boy. It's not Jamie Robinson. It's Fabian Lovett. Fabian Lovett is the, yeah. there was the straw that stirs the drink. That yeah. man is the reason why our defensive line was to be feared. And he is honestly probably out until the Miami game, which is in like yeah. four or five weeks. So to me, yeah. this team showed that they were not physical enough to keep away Forrest. I think they can, but for right now, since I'm here to help the folks make some money, and yeah. probably on Saturday morning, I'll be like, you know what, we're going to win this game. But for y'all right now, this Thursday night, Friday you know, morning when you're listening to this, I'm here to help you help y'all make some money. Take the minus three French state and take the under 50, because I think this is going to be a 27 23 or 24 20 type of game because i don't like devin leary either on the offense you know i want devin i said yesterday with alex Zano, this gotta be devin leary's breakout game he hasn't had one yet he hasn't had a this is why i'm the acc preseason player of the year this is why i should have been in the highs and running like you ain't heard nothing about the highs let me tell you something honey you ain't heard not a man mumbling word about the highs I just want you to have one good game, Devin, because I was rooting for y'all too. Duke understood the assignment. Hello, NC State offense. I'm need y'all to understand the assignment too. Can we can we let Demi Sumo play a little bit more today? Okay, this Saturday. I hope to see it. I want to see it with my own two eyes on my Monique voice. I would like to see it. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be confident in the NC State Wolf fact that there's still a fighting chance. That we win the Atlantic division. I mean, it's gone, but like I, there's still a chance. But that that was my fault for even rooting for them. But, you know, I, I had to pick my poison. Here Listen, if I'm the defense right now, I'd be like, Tim Beck, what the hell are you doing? Why are you stifling <laughs> please, our quarterback's creativity? We don't need Ken. We don't need Ken in the I know, I, comments. Please, please. I, I know. I just sat down with him, actually, for our own show. You know, I'm like, Listen, you know what? There you go. Plug. I, I feel the hate. I felt the hate. I felt the hate with that man. <laughs> yes. The Know Your Phobe show for Locked on Someone's podcast, I'm sure, is a great time. Kitten Gibbs and the guys over there with the Locked On Some of Those podcasts. Make sure you check that out. Jersey Drake always gives you guys the right ways to make some money. Seems like there's a pretty good show in here. Week six is going to be good enough. But if they want to find out any more information specifically on this best game to me, arguably going to be here at 8 p.m., where can they find me? Follow your work. You can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host at FSU Knowles. His name is David, and he's still adjusting to technology because he's from pre-World War One. And you can follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous, where we basically get the, all the themes and messages for episodes and also for our man to our mailbag Mondays. And as always, we're fans first, people second, and podcast is third. And uh, go Tar Heels, and uh, please, please beat up with the University of Coral Gables. I would love to hear them at two and three, because that would be great for content. You want to talk about a panic button? Elizondo would have 5,000 views an hour to me. If that uh, yeah, get the man paid. The man's good at his job. Like, get, get him paid. Follow him. I follow Hello. him. <laughs> for game, it's good for Jersey Drake. Guys, have a great and safe weekend. Make sure you're following all of the podcasts here at the Locked On Podcast Network, specifically these conference shows, Locked On ACC Podcast, at Locked On ACC on Twitter. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Until next time.